Donald Trump and the right-wing media are freaking out about Attorney General Merrick Garland's appointment of Jack Smith as special counsel to investigate Donald Trump's many crimes. And Trump's Twitter account is reactivated by Elon Musk as Musk continues to engage with far right-wing social media accounts and acts like a 4chan incel troll. It's just really bizarre and disturbing. Also bizarre and disturbing, Carrie Lake, who lost her candidacy for governor of Arizona, returned from Mar-a-Lago to spread conspiracies about the election. She claimed she didn't lose and that the voters had their votes suppressed. It's just beyond pathetic. Donald Trump enters into a real estate deal with a Saudi Arabian real estate firm and the government of Oman to license the Trump name to a resort in Oman near Muscat. A complete conflict of interest, but Republicans don't seem to care about conflicts of interest or selling our nation away to foreign countries anymore. That's something that they just don't care about. Also, the Republican House members invited Kyle Rittenhouse to take photos with them to post on social media as part of their Rittenhouse photo op initiative. It's one of their major agenda items during the next congressional term for these House Republicans to take as many photos as possible with Rittenhouse. But compare this to President Biden and what the Democrats are talking about. I don't know, things like jobs, healthcare, the Inflation Reduction Act, things that Americans actually care about. There was a horrific shooting at a Colorado Springs LGBTQ plus nightclub by a right wing terrorist that left five dead and at least 25 injured on Saturday during Transgender Remembrance Day. And before the shooter, the 22 year old grandson of an insurrection sympathizing Republican politician was eventually subdued by the courageous actions of people at the club and finally in the georgia runoff herschel walker has adopted an even more extremist divisive and hateful rhetoric with raphael warnock talking about issues that matter like making people's lives better this is the midas touch podcast i'm joined by brett and jordy my two younger brothers for those who are new to the podcast we are brothers we are related we don't just call each other brothers we are actually brothers you know what? I think I'm going to blame Jordy on this one. I know Jordy, you didn't get a lot of heat, but I'm going to blame you because of course you're going to blame me because Jordy, this is all you guys ever do. Because well, go on, blame me. Jordy, okay, let me let me let me explain why. Because Jordan, we, we ever here have our names listed, which makes it very clear that we are related by having our full names. But Jordy is so edgy and cool. Uh, you know, I guess what are you trying to appeal to, like Gen Z? You think you're Gen Z or something over there? Jordy going all lowercase for those who are not watching. All lowercase on his name: J O R D Y lowercase J. No last name kind of like, like what are you like Adele or something are you like are you like Cher or this, Madonna this is, this is kind of what I what I was gonna say I'm the marketing guy folks so you got to find those one names to just kind of like Prince Madonna Banksy. Cher Jordy Banksy you like you can't even you don't even know the difference between any of them I see Jordy's head just growing by as I'm staring at him now <laughs> and comparing himself and then with those people unbelievable unbelievable what we have to put up with Ben huh I hear you, but it's great what Trump is going to have to put up with, and Trump wants none of it, and that is transition. (laughs) Smooth, smooth. 
That is Jack Smith, who has been appointed as the special counsel by Attorney General Merrick Garland. Let me give you Jack Smith's background. In 1994, Jack Smith was the assistant DA with the New York County DA's office. He was a colleague of Karen Friedman Agnifilo, who served for nearly three decades, she did, at the Manhattan DA's office before working here at the Midas Touch Network. And she's spoken so highly of Jack. And she's been very skeptical of Merrick Garland. And she said, no, no, no. The moment they appointed Jack Smith, they should go, they're going to prosecute Trump. And she's someone who's been a critic of Merrick Garland. Then, And I'll say, I know you're in the middle of it, but I, you know, when we were reading Jack Smith's bio, first off, Jack Smith, is a guy like James Bond or something, the name Jack's, right? <laughs> like it's such good, yeah. Jack Smith. I also love that it's like the most common name on the planet. Like, like, good luck looking up Jack Smith. Like, there's a billion Jack Smiths, but this is the Jack Smith. But when we were looking up his his bio and we noticed that he had worked in um, New York, we were immediately like, I wonder if Karen knows him. And before we could even text Karen Friedman Agnifilo, she texted us and was like, Jack Smith. No way. She was like, he is the best. He is ruthless. This means Garland means business. And I said to her, Karen, would you be, I know you know him, so I don't want to like, you know, step on your toes or anything. You've worked with him for a while. Uh, would you be willing to go on the record and share your thoughts about him with the Midas Mighty? And she said, oh, absolutely. And so I recommend everybody check out the interview we did also with Karen Friedman Agnifilo, where she explains the importance of Jack Smith, a special counsel, and how she has newfound confidence now in this investigation thanks to this. I thought it was really enlightening. Sorry, Ben. Look, no, no. Karen was the number two at the Manhattan DA's office. There's only one person above her when she was there, and that was Cy Vance. So she basically ran the entire office. And she said the appointment of Jack Smith, though, will also mean that the investigation is going to take place even quicker. And in a filing today before the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, they're set to hear that oral argument in the expedited appeal, the Department of Justice filed to remove Judge Cannon from all those matters because she should never have asserted jurisdiction in the first place. Jack Smith said, I'm ready to go. I'm already caught up. And that's just one of the proof that Karen was right. Like he's ready to go. It will make things actually go quicker. So 1994, assistant DA with the New York County DA's office, 1999, assistant U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of New York. From 2008 to 2010, he served with the International Criminal Court on War Crimes. In 2010, he was the chief of the Department of Justice Public Integrity Section. In 2015, he was the assistant U.S. attorney for the Middle District of Tennessee. And before taking this assignment as special counsel, he was the chief prosecutor, special court at The Hague for Kosovo War Crimes. Merrick Garland got a war crimes prosecutor to become the special counsel. And there's a photo of him for those watching on YouTube yeah. and for those listening on audio. I'm just sure a lot of people have seen the photo too who are listening. This is not, looking at the guy, this, is, this ain't a guy you want to mess with. Huh? Like if I was told that this is the guy who was pursuing me, I'd go, oh shit. <laughs> Absolutely. No one wants to mess with him though, Brett. Alina Haba, like the worst lawyer in the entire country and the world, Trump's lawyer, who was just recently sanctioned by the federal court in the Southern District of Florida. It's the first sanctions motion for $50,000. She's facing about a million dollars in other sanction motions that are coming. The judge in that case said every single claim that you made was frivolous, not just one. Every single thing you said was frivolous. And the judge also said that sanctions alone are probably not appropriate. Like we may need to refer you to the state bar for disciplinary proceedings to take away your license. Brett, play this clip of Alina Haba. I, 
can tell you that I would be proud to go after all of this myself. It is not, they don't pick people that aren't on their side, okay? It is no coincidence that Hunter Biden's laptop from hell is being now exposed because we take over the House. They're going to put people that are on their side. They may try and make it look impartial, but we're dealing with this on so many fronts. And I understand the panic, but it's really, truly something we deal with every single day. It's no different than Letitia. It's no different than when Merrick Garland was involved. Just because he's a candidate now, they'd like to appear to be impartial by putting one of their buddies up as, uh, you know, a special counsel. It's the same thing. I, I just I I want to say to the American public, as somebody who's intimately related, um, when they're so afraid of somebody taking over control because they're so strong, they attack them harder. You know, when I first became his attorney, they attacked me in the media. They will do that. Please, Alina Haba, I'm begging you. <laughs> please take this one. It's all you. I want you are. Have at please, this is all you. Just you handle the defense. You'll do a great job. Don't let any of those other lawyers like Christopher Keis or Jim Trusty or any of the lawyers who actually do the arguments because you can argue. They don't need to do it. You can handle this whole thing. That sanctions motion that you got in the Southern District of Florida, just it, it wasn't a sanctions motion. It was you were being congratulated by the federal judge that your complaint was just so creative. And, you know, the uh, other lawsuit that you filed um, where you were held in contempt of court uh, in upstate New York. Yeah, well, that wasn't really a contempt of court. That was just another judge telling you that you are the most creative lawyer out there. So please, can you make the argument? I mean, Brett. She has lost literally everything that she has touched. And, you know, the, the one frustrating thing, and I get it with people, is, is they say this is taking so long. Like, why is it taking so long? And they go, if, if it happened to anybody other than Trump, they'd be arrested by now. They'd be indicted by now. And I always say to that, yeah, the issue is, though, <laughs> is that Trump is still is a former president. And he's found in Alina Haba someone who's willing to literally be what I refer to as like a kamikaze lawyer. Like she's willing mm -hmm. to just forego her entire legal license and all of her ethics to just make the bad faith arguments. It takes time to have to challenge those arguments in court, but the Department of Justice has to challenge those arguments. Trump has a set of arguments that none of us have, executive privilege. Even though he doesn't have a valid claim of executive privilege, if he wants to contort and manipulate the Constitution and the rights of the president, he can still assert it. And the fact that he has some sympathetic voices in federal courts allows him to kind of perpetuate this. But the Department of Justice for all of this time, they haven't been doing nothing. It wasn't like they were like, all right, election over, shit. Jack Smith? Jack Smith, everybody? Okay, Jack, we cool with Jack Smith? We, we better do something right now. All right, get Jack. No, for over a year now, plus for over 18 months, they've been filing motions in the grand juries to compel witness testimony. The witnesses 
like Pat Zipoloni, Trump's former top White House lawyer, and uh, Pat Feldman, Zipoloni's number one deputy, or Mark Shore, the former Vice President Pence's former chief of staff, and Greg Jacobs, the former general counsel to Pence. All of those people wanted to share information with the Department of Justice, but Trump asserted executive privilege, so they literally were not allowed to. So they show up over the summer, they say we can't testify. The DOJ has to file motions. The DOJ wins those motions, and then they're forced to testify. And the DOJ has to do that over and over again. And that's just one example with executive privilege. But here's the thing also for the Merrick Garland haters out there. Should This should be good news, number one, right? Because Merrick Garland's not going to be on it anymore. You got Jack Smith. You got like the LeBron James of prosecutors. So number one, you've got like literally the top prosecutor out there um, on the case. But also, if you look at the other proceedings that have taken place, like even the January 6th committee, Brett, they haven't come up with their recommendations yet. So like people are like people love the January 6th committee work as I do, but they haven't mm -hmm. even submitted their recommendations yet, like the recommendations. And they're a public forum. So you get to see what happens there publicly. Grand jury, criminal grand jury proceedings happen in secret. So you don't get to see all of the examination of people like Pat Cipollone and Mark Short and Phil Bin and, and all of those people. But no one in anywhere has yet to file on Trump. Everyone's moving around the same pace. But, I, Brett, I think justice is coming right now. I really – and I'm not just trying to, like, throw hope out there. It's just if you connect the data, that's what the data suggests. And as Karen Friedman-Agnifilo said, she goes, look. I have no inside information on this, but Jack Smith would not take this assignment given his career trajectory if he didn't believe there was a case to be made. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I just think back to the reactions we got uh, before the 2020 election when we said, hold up, everybody, there's going to be a red mirage. But Biden has this. I'm, we're pretty confident that things look good for Joe Biden here and that we're going to win the presidency. And we had all these people going, oh, that's some great hopium you got there. That's great hopium you're smoking over there. OK, OK, good. I'm, I'm depressed. I'm leaving. No, 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 no. Then we go to the midterms where we said, hey, listen, we're looking at the data here. We're bringing in data experts. We're bringing in Tom Bonnier. We're bringing in Simon Rosenberg. We're not bringing on the talking heads that you're necessarily seeing on the cable news, but we're bringing in the people who are actually analyzing the actual data that is out there. And we don't think the midterms are going to go the way that the media is telling you it's going to go or the way that Fox News is telling you it's going to go or all these right-wing influencers are going to tell you it's going to go. We think it's actually going to go pretty decent for Democrats here. We actually have a shot of it. Everybody, you know, go, oh, you're just spreading hope and da, da, da. now we are in this process with the prosecution of Donald Trump. And we have the same reaction anytime we say, you know what, this actually makes an indictment more likely that there's a special counsel here and we could expect it probably sooner than we could expect it before. People go, oh, you're just spreading hope. He's Teflon Don. Nothing's going to happen. Well, bookmark this episode and come back to me yep. sometime in 2023, and we will see who is right. And we can have the conversation. It's okay. I'll accept the apologies. It's, it's all right. Meanwhile, we have the January 6th committee planning to release all their evidence in the next few weeks. Um, that should be interesting. That's important. Obviously, they are the one committee that is going against the clock now that Republicans have taken the House. Um, we will see if they have any recommendations. I hope they do recommend. I think they will recommend. But regardless of whether they recommend or not, it doesn't really matter to the Department of Justice who is going to prosecute whether if they're going to prosecute. Jordy.
Right. No, I wanted to add on to what you were saying before. You know, what I think our audience really likes about us and appreciates about us is, you know, we know when we're not experts in a field. So we're not going to lead people down a path, you know, just for the sake of being hopeful. What we do find, or we find those experts, we find those Simon Rosenbergs of the world to come on and, and break down the data in a granular uh, level to let us know what he's seeing and why you know there are so many fake red mirages out there and there's not really going to be that red wave in the midterms. Similarly here with KFA, with Karen, you know, she's worked with, in some respects, with this person. She knows this person intimately from a work relationship standpoint. For many years. And so, yeah, and, and so just from that alone right there, her, her cosign on Jack Smith alone right there, that's enough for me, just knowing how spectacular KFA is with all things. And so I'm excited to see this get going, and I'm excited to see Jack Smith get in there. Oh, and look, we'll be updating we- you every step of the way. And I just wanted to say, you know, as, as we look at, you know, that Alina Haba clip that we showed you, I think it really is a microcosm of a lot of what we're going to show you today, which is the fact that you have these people who do horrible things or do horrible jobs or, you know, try to go against our democracy, whatever it is, they, they, they know what they're doing. They are stirring up shit on purpose. They are going against our country or the most vulnerable people among us on purpose. And then when they're called out on it, or whatever they go, oh, it's the liberal media. The liberal media just went to attack me. They didn't attack you because if you were an honest lawyer, they wouldn't have attacked you. They wouldn't have, and they're not attacking you. They are basically playing your words and saying why they're stupid. And you're being proven day in and day out why your arguments are absolutely bunk. And we're just, this is such a thing in this MAGA culture. It's act as irresponsible as possible, act as outrageous as possible, and then act stunned and appalled. Oh my, how dare dare they write that about me? How dare they say, how dare they cancel me? And it's just the, we're going to see this a lot throughout this episode. So I just wanted to flag it then. Yeah. And it's not, there's nothing to do with canceling you or cancel culture. It's like, we are criticizing you because you are doing something that is awful. You know, when you think about this weekend where uh, Elon Musk reactivated Trump's uh, Twitter account, but also in doing so, like he posted all of these like horrific photographs and these like memes that like uh, had these images of like glorifying sexual assault and like just like disturbing and and like disgusting stuff. When people would call it out and say like, "Why are you showing that?" Like that is that's just that's not funny. It's it's horrific. You're hurting a lot of people. They'd be like, cry libs, cry. And it's like, it's not a matter of crying. You're not triggering me. What you're doing is you're just posting really Mm -hmm. awful stuff that we should not be teaching our children or we should not be engaged in that conduct in any setting, work setting, personal setting. You know, as, um, you know, Adam Kinzinger said about, uh, you know, Trump being reactivated. Adam Kinzinger said, keep in mind, Trump wasn't suspended for being a meanie. He was suspended for lighting an insurrection. And when it failed tweeting, this is what you get. That's why Donald Trump. And then a lot of the other right wingers were suspended for spreading disinformation about vaccines, like literally using the platform to kill people. And so then when people criticized that and said, that's not okay, like in a, in a society that values decency, you know, it's not a free speech issue. Again, if, if you want to be mean, go be mean. But what you're doing is actually uh, killing people. Um, and what you're doing is spreading hate. 
and it has real world consequences. And as we talk about a little bit later in this episode, the shooting in Colorado Springs, it's like when all these right wing trolls who are actually politicians out there spread all of these memes and attack Disney and says that they're pursuing a gay agenda, you know, and continuously attack transgendered individuals and continue to spread the hate, then their foot soldiers, their terrorist cells out there are activated. And the people who consume this stuff go out there and go into action. And then with the lax gun control without any responsible gun ownership, people like this sicko terrorist who previously threatened to like bomb his mother and bomb his town can get these AR-15s and they go in there and they shoot him up. And then when that happens, the right wing goes, oh, now the liberals are trying to blame us. It's not a liberal thing because y'all aren't freaking conservatives. There's nothing conservative about those positions that you have. So let's just stop with that dichotomy too. You're just being straight up evil. Like you're being straight up bad freaking people and we're calling it out because that's just not how humans should behave. What kind of example are you setting? Like how disturbed are you as a person that you take, that you find this funny, that you pursue these memes and and this hate? You know, when Kanye West goes back on, when he gets reactivated and goes shalom after sending all these anti-Semitic, that's not funny. And the people who go, oh yeah, Kanye, what are you talking about? Like what has happened to you in your life that you've become such a hateful and disturbed human being that all you want to do is try to ruin the happiness of everybody who's just trying to make sense and go on with our lives in a very complicated world. Yeah, it seems like you have, you know, a majority of Americans as shown by the midterms and the way people turned out. You have a majority of midterms who are uh, a majority of Americans who are pro-democracy Americans who have empathy for others who just don't want the craziness. They just want normalcy. But what the what the far right has realized is that normalcy and actually liking each other and promoting inclusion, that doesn't sell for them. It doesn't sell for them. The only thing that sells for them is pure hatred. And they always take it to the worst points and and like made up things. And they invent things in their head about what people are doing. So you have right-wingers spreading despicable lies about teachers, despicable lies about the LGBTQ community. If you ask one of these people who consumes Fox News all day, who is on Twitter going, Elon, 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 did you see what this person said? This person was mean to me. Did you see what this person said? That's what they do. They like snitch tag Elon Musk now, all these people. But if you like entered their brain, which sounds like a very scary thought, but if you if you talk to them, they'd go, oh, I'm not sending my kid to public schools because they're teaching people to be trans there and they're teaching. I'm like, what are you talking about? Nobody is doing that. Like, first off, you don't understand any of these issues. And what you're not comprehending is that everybody is just trying to live their lives without being killed and without being harassed by you. And you cannot seem to leave people alone. For a party that speaks about freedom, this is the most anti-freedom party on the planet. This is a party that wants to be involved in everybody's life. This is a party who wants to spread hatred against anybody who does not look like them or think like them. And you see this consistent cycle, the circle of hate, 
right now in the right wing ecosystem where they provoke violence. They, they pick a person, they pick a group of people, they pick a building, whatever it is. You could apply this formula to everything we've seen in this country over the past few years. They, the far right goes out there. They provoke violence against the group, whether they're doing it for retweets, whether they're doing it for podcasts, plays. I don't know what they're doing it for, but they're spreading violence for to get elected, to get their base excited. Then inevitably some unhinged maniac heeds their words and goes out and commits acts of atrocity based on what they've heard. That's often acts of atrocity against marginalized communities. That's acts of atrocities against, I think January 6th, against the Capitol to try to overturn our democracy. They heed those words, they take them seriously, and they view themselves as a freedom fighter to go out there and act and commit hate crimes and acts of terror on behalf of those voices. Then you get to step three, which is all these far-right provocateurs who riled these people up and got them super angry. They go, oh, no, 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 no. That was a, a mental mental illness. Mental, that was mental illness. That was a mentally ill person. It wasn't guns. It wasn't anything we said. It was mental illness. It was their fault. And then they blame the victim. They, they blame the victims. They blame it on Democrats. They usually try to disassociate themselves from the person who did the attack by saying they were a Democrat or a liberal, even in the face of all evidence here. This shouldn't be a political issue. You should just be able to condemn the attack and condemn the rhetoric that led to the, that led to the attack. And then that same cycle just repeats endlessly. I mean, you could apply that formula to so many horrible things that have happened to our country. And it's only coming from one side, folks. That's only coming from one side. You have a majority of this country, I would say 70, 80, 85% of this country who just wants people to really kind of live in peace. And then you have the small faction of loud voices who just want to stir shit up and are genuinely the cause of like all, all the problems out there. Like there, there's a functioning governing majority who wants things to be normal and wants people to move towards progress. And there's this minority of people who just wants chaos and wants to see the world burn and doesn't care how many people die along the way. And I think it's just absolutely despicable to build a political movement on that sort of hatred. With no policy. There's no yeah. portfolio. It literally is just hate for hate's sake, cruelty for cruelty's sake. They're not talking. What have they talked about since they you know, will be taking over the house that their major issues are. Hunter, Hunter Biden's laptop from hell. It's a laptop from hell, everybody. We want to talk about the, the laptop from hell. And he's a drug addict. He, everyone, he's a drug addict. <laughs> it's like, yo, we all have family members or know people, everybody in this country who has suffered from drug addiction. And mm -hmm. the fact that you're making a mockery of the fact that President Biden was there for his son during the most difficult days of his son's life. You heard the voicemails that they mock. The voicemails are Joe Biden saying, son, I just want you to know I love you. What, what, whatever I can do for you, I love you. Whatever you're going through, please give me a call. I love you. Th those, are th those are the messages. When I heard those messages, I had extra respect for Biden, but that's what they're talking about. Hunter Biden, he's a drug addict, laptop from hell. Ha 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 ha. There's no other issue. And then they have Kyle Rittenhouse. And their other big thing is Kyle Rittenhouse. Here, show the photo. They got Kyle Rittenhouse walking around taking photos with all, all of these Republican members of Congress. It's You're not owning the libs, okay? It's just freaking weird and, dis and distasteful. And strange, frankly, that you're choosing to inject 
that level of divisiveness, that level of hate, and you're not speaking to, hey, what can we do about the price of insulin? What can we do about the price of healthcare? Hey, you're all workers. We're not billionaires who have 18 private jets and fly around like Elon Musk does. Democrats are talking about how do we make wages, wages with dignity, not just a living wage. And what are Republicans fighting for? How do we make it the most minimum, minimum wage ever and don't pay you for anything? Like that's, that, that, that's their policy. They're not even talking to issues that people care about. And they stoke people up with this WWE style hatred. They're bringing kitty litter boxes to elementary schools. And we're going to do the kitty litter box investigation. What, what, are you, what are you talking about? The kitty litter box investigation, Jordy. Uh, look, ultimately, and what you guys have so brilliantly laid out, we have a human decency problem in this country. And the saddest part about where our human decency problem lies is our politicians, the people who we think are supposed to help I don't, show compassion when there's tragedy, to show hope when things are feeling hopeless, to actually put agendas on the table that will better the American people to lives for our grandparents and great grandparents to not have their Medicare and Medicaid stripped away from them. So they don't have to worry about that. Like issues that actually want to help American people, be it gun safety, Medicare, <laughs> Medicaid, anything in that respect, just overwhelmingly over falls into a, a democratic philosophy, a democratic mindset. Now, how much better would this country be if we could just talk the policy issues of what all of these things entail and how we could maybe find some ways to shake hands. But that's just not where the country is anymore. This Republican Party, they're ultra MAGA extremists, and they don't want to they don't they don't want to find agreement. They don't want to find common ground. They're too obsessed with kitty litter this and the green M&M because it gets them clicks. It gets them notoriety. And that's how they rule. That's how Elon's ruling Twitter. It's how, what can I say today that will get me the most attention? Not how can I make this platform be any better? And that's the way the politicians govern. It's such a great point. And, uh, you know, I saw the other day also uh, the video of Madison Cawthorn where he looked like the guy from Mad Max or, you know, there's like the weird video where I don't even know if it's, and by the way, Madison Cawthorn, like he's still a member of Congress, but the dude just like stopped showing up to his office. He stopped doing any work. No one says anything about it. Like to show you where the heads are, of these people are at, like they are purely, they purely view themselves as celebrities. They purely view themselves as talking heads. And once Madison Cawthorn was lost his primary, he stopped showing up to work. And you could bet if Bobert lost her job too, she would probably stop showing up to work too, because all these people are in it for are to be famous, which is not the reason why you should enter politics. But the other day in that weird video that Carthorne posted, he made a comment. He was like, I want a president who bleeds for me. I want a president who people are terrified of, who's going to push everyone out of his way. It's like, dude, I want a president who's empathetic. I want a president who could <laughs> understand what people are going through. I don't need a president that people are terrified of, who's going to rule with fear. I need somebody who actually understands people's issues. And that's why one of the reasons I think why Biden is shining and why the Democrats are shining so much also in the face of all this extremism and the Republicans just keep doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on that extremism. As we've said for the past few weeks, I was like, don't get it twisted. Republicans are not going to learn the right lessons from all this. They're going to learn the exact 
exact wrong lessons from this. And then like the next day, it's Kyle Rittenhouse walking through the halls of Congress and Hunter Biden this and and we're going to arrest Dr. Fauci and and we need to lock yeah. up the Twitter. We have, uh, what Steve Bannon saying, we got to lock up everyone who is on the board of Twitter before Elon Musk. Like these people are apps. They're just insane people. They're unserious people, but they're dangerous people to be running your government. And we need to constantly be on guard against them. And that's why it's so important that we hold together this coalition. I mean, think about what we could get done as a country. Think about if the right of our country was Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney. I may even throw in a Mitt Romney, even though he's been pretty pathetic with watch, his Trump. Watch line, out. Watch right? out. But like, imagine if those were the people on the right. And then on the left, you had, I don't know, AOC, Bernie Sanders. And then you had kind of Biden somewhere in the middle. And, and these were the factions that were working together for actually the common good of America. We'd actually be able to get things done. You know, we'd actually have a governing majority. We disagree. We'd be pissed off at each other at times, but we wouldn't be seeing the rhetoric that we have, this this disgusting MAGA rhetoric that has so consumed the party. And there's Republicans mm -hmm. who have let it consume them and who have used it to their advantage in the most cynical of ways. It's truly, truly, truly disgusting. And I want to be clear, it's coming from one side. This ain't a both right. sides issue, folks. I'm not afraid to say that. Speaking of which, Brett, you know, you also have their extreme right wing influencers like Ben Shapiro, who speak very fast and try to pretend to be smart because they speak very fast like that. And here, let me show you this is what Ben Shapiro posted about uh, uh, the new Disney movie, because this is their priorities. Like, again, like on our show, we talk about healthcare. And we talk about education and supporting teachers and we talk about jobs and we talk about reducing the price of insulin. Like we talk about infrastructure. We talk about supporting our allies. We talk about policies like that's as an influencer. I don't like being called that, but like what I want to influence is positivity and spreading the truth and giving people data and, and that's it. But here, what they spread is, as Disney begins pushing Strange World for next week's release, here's the reminder that their not-at-all-secret gay agenda to target kids is ongoing. It's part of the plot of this movie. It's part of the plot of this movie, Brett, just as it is with the light year, your kids, your choice. How about it's maybe part of the movie because that's part of the world that we live in. That's part of the country that we live in, that there is an LGBTQ plus community and that everybody in this country should be treated with equality and with dignity. It's not a secret gay agenda. You know, then Ben Shapiro goes into like when Kanye does all of his anti-Semitic stuff, then Ben Shapiro like justifies, you know, all of that stuff like that Kanye says. No, Kanye's not really giving an attack on us when he says shalom. Kanye's not doing that at all. And it's like you are perpetuating all of the hate. And this is what Ben Shapiro said after the shooting in Colorado Springs. He said, the quest by the Democratic leadership and media to link a horrifically evil shooting at a Colorado gay club to anyone who doesn't support a progressive social agenda is ongoing and terrible for the country. It's a cynical game only one side plays, and it's trash. No, I mean, Ben Shapiro, you are trash. And the Thanks. cynical game that you play is you post hateful images. It's not a matter of a progressive thing or this. It's a matter of just respecting other human beings. 
and you have no respect for other human beings. You're part of a hate echo chamber with you and Kanye West and Elon Musk and Kevin McCarthy and Boberts and Marjorie Taylor Greens. You literally are part of a political party that stalks the survivors of school shootings. That's what Marjorie Taylor Greene did. She stalked the survivors of school shootings and said that they were actors and that they were faking it. They really weren't there. Alex Jones stuff. And then what did she do recently as an injured Ukrainian soldier? This was part of the past week as well. As an mm -hmm. injured Ukrainian soldier spoke to Congress as part of additional appropriations that Congress is currently considering and is currently giving, she like filmed him and basically said, look, they're using this Ukrainian as a prop. As a prop? What are you talking about? We are supporting democracy abroad against authoritarians like Vladimir Putin who want to destroy this country. It's very clear. We don't see the world as our allies and our friends being Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin. Could you imagine, Brett, if you thought like the Republicans, like Reagan Republicans that like tear down the wall, Mr. Gorbachev to Vladimir Putin should control the United States foreign policy. And I am in love with Kim Jong-un. I mean, literally you have Trump says, I'm in love with him. We have a love affair. We love each other. Like how, how weird is that, Brett? How, Brett, how weird is that, Brett? I mean, that, that's why though, when we do this podcast, when we speak, a lot of what we say is, listen, this isn't a left or a right issue. And, and I believe that. And that's why I think so many people who listen to our show, so many people in the Midas Mighty are not even necessarily Democrats. I think we have a lot of disaffected Republicans or people who may still be affiliated as Republicans as well, who just think the party has left them. We have a lot of independents. We have a lot of people who are even further left than us. You know, we have, you have, you have people all across the political spectrum because there are certain things that are beyond politics. And, you know, we certainly speak politics on that show, but on this show, but I, I honestly don't view this as a political show. I view this just as a show that exposes extremism and a show that presents a path for how to a call out liars and b make America a better place, make America a place that is comforting, make America a safe place for people and a place where we could actually advance and help each other out. And when you have people like a, for example, I saw you, you mentioned how, you know, you have Ben Shapiro kind of palling around with Kanye West and Elon posting at Kanye West. And stuff. I mean, Kanye the other day when he was speaking, he posted something on social media or someone posted something on him on social media of his plans to run for president again or whatever the hell he was doing. The people who were walking alongside Kanye were Nick Fuentes and Milo Yiannopoulos. I mean, Nick yeah. Fuentes recently threatened another Holocaust against the Jews, like legitimately. He threatened another Holocaust against the Jews. He has consistently said horrific things about the Jews, consistently said horrific things about anybody who wasn't white, consistently has praised Hitler, has praised Putin. This is somebody who Kanye is now associating himself with and is walking around with him. You have Milo Yiannopoulos, who was too extreme for Breitbart and got kicked off of Breitbart because he made comments that were pro-pedophilia. Uh, you, talk, you have all these people spreading all these, you know, uh, horrific groomer slurs and anybody in the LGBT commu commu community, the most despicable thing you could say. Then you have somebody like Milo Yiannopoulos, who literally was saying that it's okay for grown men to have relationships with, I think he said, 12-year-old boys. This, these are the people 
that they are palling around with on that side. And it shouldn't be a Democrat issue or Republican issue for us to say, you know what? I don't stand with the guy who praises Hitler. How about that? That that's a bit of a bridge too far for me. Okay. Let's deal with policy. Let's deal with the issues that we face and let's not support that guy. And let's not double down to support that guy. And I don't care if I have funny memes or, or whatever the hell you want. I'm against that. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to go yep. for it. Go for it. And then they call that conservative. And that's why I go, you're not conservative. I go, if you line up my views, my views are pretty much liberal and progressive. If, if you were to like do a chart of what technically liberal is, but I'm like, I'm more conservative than you. I believe in like conserving our democracy. We should not be pro pandemic. I believe that we should not be election deniers. Right. I mean, I believe in some very basic fundamental truths. I think I'm more conservative than them. That's why I, don't, I refuse to call them conservative when they just engage in this evil conduct. But I will call them another C word. I'll call them cowards because what they did with Nick Fuentes, too. I don't know if you saw, Brett, but Patriot Takes posted a video and then like Nick Fuentes or someone on their side made like a copyright claim to try to take the video down after it's posted. And it's the same thing they do during the January 6th insurrection. It's like if you believe in these things, which are horrific and horrible things, well, then when you're in a court, go tell the judge mm -hmm. when you're in a place of actual accountability, all they do is run from it and hide from it and say, oh, that was Antifa, uh, uh, copyright violation. Fifth, I do all of that. Well, it's like, look, if you believe in these things, which are horrific, at least stand by them and let's debate them and let's have the conversation about them instead of this gaslighting. We have so much more to talk about here on the Midas Touch podcast, including Kerry Lake's gaslighting, the Trump Saudi Arabian uh, deal with the government of Oman. We'll talk about that and we'll talk about some, up. we'll talk about Biden's birthday and some Biden successes that Biden's messaging I thought has been so on point. The first thing I do want to talk about though is independent media and the importance of it. And so I think that the midterms have shown the importance of independent media platforms and ours um, and how important it really is to push back against some of the narratives that are coming from the both sides media. And I don't even want to get into the pro-fascist media. So if you do want to support the work we do here, go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. Consider becoming a patron of the Midas Touch network because we're not funded by any outside investors at all, zero. We compete with the biggest media companies and in many situations get more views and more engagement and we're not even funded by any outside investors. Just you. We're 100% independent and accountable to you. So wherever you are in the world, go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. You'll love the exclusive content that you can only get on Patreon. But most importantly, you'll help grow this independent platform. So check it out. Patreon.com slash Midas Touch. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. And hey, Midas Mighty listeners, we're going to take another quick second to talk about Hover, one of our sponsors. Have you ever thought about starting your own business, creating a brand? We have. Sharing your wealth of knowledge with the world? We have. Using your years of experience to create something for yourself? 
We have. Hover wants to help you take the first step in getting your ideas off the ground like we did here at the Midas Touch Network. If you have a brand that you've always dreamt of building or a business you want to take online, the first step is finding your domain. Hover makes this super simple with a clear and straightforward user experience, easy to use tools, and truly amazing support from friendly humans. We love friendly humans here. It's never too late to step up to the plate and share what you have to offer. Getting online has helped thousands of people around the world reach new heights with their businesses. In addition to the classics like .com, it's a classic, you can classic. get extensions like .shop, .tech, and .art, and with over 400 more to choose from. Jordy, I know which one you'll like, .tech. You, you'll be able to find the perfect domain for your business, one that's memorable, relevant, and boosts your brand. You can buy a domain, set up custom email boxes, and point it to your website in just a few clicks. And if you ever run into trouble, help is just a phone call or chat away. Secure, simple, and reliable. Hover is a trusted and popular choice amongst millions of people launching any kind of brand or business. So are you ready? Well, if you're ready to get your idea off the ground with the perfect domain name, head to hover.com slash Midas to get 10% off your first Hover purchase. That's hover.com slash Midas and get 10% off your first Hover purchase. And here's, a, here's something I got for all the men out there. Are you feeling like you just can't get in shape? It's not your fault. As men age, our body naturally loses free testosterone. That's the man hormone. It happens to every man and can make it more difficult to stay in shape and be energetic and active. We want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging. Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafin will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Nugenics Total T contains man-boosting key ingredients like Testafin, it has been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost testosterone levels in men. While every product professes quality, many other products use generic ingredients that are often far less than clinical grade. With Nugenics Total T, you get the same clinical potency levels used in the trials and Nugenics formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. Nugenics Total T is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. Now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text Midas. So you text M-E-I-D-A-S to 231-231. So 231-231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. Absolutely free. Text Midas to 231-231. That's Midas to 231-231. Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Brett and Jordy, should we talk about Kerry Lake? Should we talk about uh, Trump's Saudi Arabian deal? 
conflict of interest. Oh my God. So many choices. So many choices. Let's try, let's start with the Trump Saudi Arabian deal. And then we'll get into uh, Carrie Lake and talk a little bit about Herschel Walker. How about that? So Trump Sounds entered good. into a deal with a Saudi Arabian real estate firm. The firm is called Dar al Arkan. They are developing a $4 billion resort in the country of Oman, 20 minutes or so outside of Muscat, so right by the capital city. It will have 3,500 luxury villas, two hotels with 450 rooms. It will also have restaurants and a number of other amenities there. And basically, Trump just lends his name to this project. This project is going to take about 10 years to complete, so they could buy Trump's additional kind of loyalty and favors for a tender period of time. At first, it really wasn't reported. And when people got wind of it, because it was in a filing that had to be done by this uh, Dar al Khan group, they finally did a press release over the weekend announcing this transaction. But these this deal was actually inked. I think it was like a day or two before Trump announced he would be running for uh, president again. And it just goes along with all of these absurd conflicts of interest. Like we're now, of course, learning about all of the foreign countries that gave massive amounts of money to Trump by staying at the Trump Hotel, about like $4 million there. The Saudi Arabian live golf tournament with blood money being played at uh, Bedminster and Donald Trump speaking to the press during the Saudi Arabian golf event at Bedminster and Trump saying that uh, a lot isn't known about 9-11 and just like doing pro-Saudi Arabian propaganda and not just pro-Saudi Arabian, like anti-American propaganda, like anti-9-11 victim propaganda and spreading 9-11 conspiracy theories. We established that Trump hates America. Every one of these rallies, America is the worst country. America is the worst place to be. Sorry to interrupt your flow, but uh, just wanted to no, keep on he, that. He absolutely hates America. Jordy, what do you think about this uh, clear conflict of interest? I think it's ridiculous. I think it's right up his alley. You know, it just, it amazes me how, how much it doesn't amaze me. Is, is honestly the sad truth of this all. Like, of course, he's working more deals with the Saudis because he's Trump and this is what he continues to do. Hey, does, does anyone know why Jared Kushner got the $2 billion from the Saudis yet? Has anyone answered that question? Like, there are a lot of weird things with this family and Saudi money, and it is concerning on every level. And not even to mention the fact that this person is running for president of the United States again. I don't know if you saw this, Jordy. Um, so MBS, the prince of Saudi Arabia, he was named prime minister, their official head of state. And he was named that, I think, a few months back, relatively quietly in September for such an announcement. And one of the reasons you know, he was named prime minister um, is that heads of state have immunity where under any of the kind of uh, laws that would allow you to sue foreign actors and foreign agents, you can never sue a foreign head of state. So even though he was like a de facto head of state, they appointed him to a position of prime minister, which is basically the same thing he was doing. So he can't be sued here in the United States. And Jordy, regarding the $2 billion, when MBS visited uh, in the United States, I think it was around 2018, he had told people, like this was reported and never rebutted by Kushner. He said, Jared Kushner is in my pocket. 
And it was also reported that Kushner had given MBS a, na- a list of enemies of Saudi Arabia, which mm-hmm. then Saudi Arabia then executed all of those individuals after getting the top secret classified information from Kushner. And there really wasn't anything to look those stories like rebutting that. But MBS going around here bragging that he's got Kushner in his pocket and then literally gives Kushner $2 billion and literally does have Kushner in his pocket, point blank. Yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 an absolute disgrace. It's beyond comprehension. It's it's beyond, you know, any sort of parody that you could even speak about. But like you already said, that's that's Trump for you. So, well, and that's the Republican Party for you, Brett. Right. I mean, that's enabled. And this is where we're at a unique point in American history where there is no in the Republican side objective reality that that's bad. Like that is that is a bad act. We do not want leaders doing that. But because Republicans don't care about the country, what they care about, and when I watch some of these Sunday shows, Brett, all they talked about was one of the reasons that a lot of the people now said they don't want to support Trump is he can't help us win. We want to win. Win this, win that. Win, 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 win. What about win for the American people? Like no one, they never actually talk about a policy of what they want to do. And that's what I kind of kept thinking about every time I was watching an interview, whether it was Paul Ryan or whether it was Mike Pompeo or Chris Christie. It's like, well, can we win? Okay, well, if this person will help us win, let's give everybody, let's give Saudi Arabia everything. Let's give Russia everything they want if that helps us win. And it's like, well, so you want to become a satellite country and be controlled by Russia so that you could win? What are you talking about? You You know, like, The Republicans in Arizona, Brett, and this really hasn't been reported, they gave all of their water rights in a sweetheart deal to Saudi Arabia, not all of it, but a substantial amount of water rights to Saudi Arabia so that Saudi Arabia can take it and then bring it back there for like their farms. As people are suffering in Arizona and there's a huge drought they cut a deal with the Saudi Arabian government. Not even a good deal. Like not even a good deal. <laughs> like, not, 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 like not a good deal for Arizona. Like a great deal for Saudi Arabia. It's because when these Republicans, you know, want to leave, they, they want that MBS money. Um, and they think that having the assistance of these authoritarians, they think that makes them stronger. Because they want someone who's mean and vicious and will rule with an iron. no. Those authoritarians abroad are actually pretty weak. They hold their power by very thin fabrics. And that's why you see regime changes very frequently there, Brett. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's why we still see to this day, we see the Republican Party, even as of today, attacking the U.S. military, uh, you know, hurling these ridiculous claims of, oh, the U.S. military is weak and woke. They're, they are so woke, this military. It's like, okay, well, your model is Russia and Russia is currently getting their ass kicked. So I, I don't think that's quite working out for you. And I think all this is connected. Like when we were speaking about Elon Musk earlier and, you know, uh, it might sound a little conspiratorial, but I think I'm onto something here because I, I think Elon Musk bought Twitter for a few reasons. And I think it might look like he is a fool and that he is just sputtering along and 
collapsing the thing by oops, oops, uh, look what he did. He he's so stupid that Elon Musk, right? I don't I personally don't think that's the case. I I think he is I think he's destroying it on purpose first of all. I think his I think his goal is to destroy it or at least destroy what it was. And I think he wants to kind of recreate it to be a place where disinformation thrives because what I don't know if Elon's always been like this, but it's clear that he's like this now. Elon Musk lives in this right-wing ecosystem. And Elon Musk, with his status as a billionaire and as someone who's become this sort of evil billionaire figure, he works with some of the most horrific people on the planet. And we were just talking about Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is one of the chief investors in Elon Musk's Twitter. They're one of the people who made the deal possible. Why would they want to own a, a large chunk of Twitter like that? I think they owned a small chunk before. Now they own a, a much larger chunk. Why would they want to own it? Why would Elon Musk want to own it? Why? Because when you control the flow of where the information is, you have a lot of power. When you control, as he calls it, the public town square, which I don't think is quite the public town square when it's owned by a single billionaire, but that's another debate for another time. But when you control the town square where all the information is being disseminated and you have the ability to go on the attack against legitimate sources of news who may get things wrong from time to time and do stupid stuff. We criticize them a bunch, but you know, think the New York times or CBS news or Washington post, you know, and then instead of you, you make it so that people don't trust those sources and don't trust reality as to what's happening. And then you use the platform to then spread your alt-right fever dreams or spread any sort of news that's in your favor. So the Pelosi thing is the perfect example to me of why he bought Twitter. He was able to immediately spread this false storyline as to what's happening. And that had a huge impact. That had a horrific impact about what's happening. And all you have to do is look at Elon Musk's feed and you realize the people he is interacting with are really, really, really bad people. And so you see him interacting with people like Tom Fitton, who was one of the guys who isn't even an attorney. He works for, he runs this organization called Judicial Watch, this far-right organization that was legitimately like the group. He, he, this was the guy who told Donald Trump to not accept the results of the election. Basically one of the orchestrators of the coup. This is one of the people who Elon Musk is constantly speaking with on Twitter. He's speaking with people He's like the one also who told Trump he could steal top secret uh, records and then said, oh, the, the Bill Clinton socks case immunizes us, which is like a made up concept where Fintan <laughs> sued the National Archives in 2012. Um, regarding the Clinton administration from the 1990s. And the court just said, you can't sue the National Archives. Who are you, Fintan? And that's what Trump goes, I can steal any records that I want, socks case, which literally says the opposite of, of that. Sorry, bro. Talk about no, uh, no uh, but yeah, no, you're, you're right though. But I, I, I think that, I, I think that, I mean, look at this one right here. Tim Young, you have uh, Ian Chung, you have all these people. Can you go back to Cat Turd? Because I really I do. I, we, we reference Cat Turd too a lot during this podcast. And I want our listeners to know, like, we're not making this up. That This Cat Turd account, as ridiculous as it sounds, is a, is a major voice of the Republican Party. Like Marjorie Taylor Greene has come to that person's podcast before. Uh, you name it, they're, they're connected to Cat Turd in some way. Yeah, Cat, Cat Turd is one of the most, no, for real. Cat Turd is literally one of the most influential digital accounts, influencers, and current Republican. That just tells you about their their party and they're called Cat Turd.
And all you have to do is track every one of Musk's moves since he took over Twitter, whether it was telling people to vote for Republicans in the midterm, spreading the Paul Pelosi stuff, reinstating Marjorie Taylor Greene and all these right wing people, uh, Donald Trump, you name it to the platform. I think it's all about being able to control the flow of information and mm-hmm. to be able to set the stage because usually, you know, you had to go into, you know, Truth Social or 4chan or 8chan or, or whatever to get that perspective. And now it's on Twitter, which is the most used platform in the world. And I think that's why the good news about it is the midterm showed us is that even with all that, there are more of us than there are of them. So they may be super loud. They may be super in your face, but there are more pro-democracy Americans out there than there are these people who fall into these right-wing disinformation echo chambers out there who think that they are in the right. But that's why it's important that we need to stay vigilant and we need to continue to fight this stuff. But once again, there's truth in reality. There's objective truth in reality. Sure, Sure, there are gray areas here and there. Absolutely. But then there are just flat out lies and gaslighting and disinformation. And I think Elon wants to use this platform with other people like, you know, Peter Thiel and all these horrible people to just use it as a place. He does, It's less about the money for him. It's more about he right. controls the information that is getting out there into the world. And that is a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. No, oh, absolutely. And then he also, though, uses it. And I don't want to show the graphic here, but the one that... Um, mocks sexual assault and it's it's a it's a photo of like a priest that has the name donald trump and a woman that has a a twitter logo and it like insinuates like rape you know and and it's like the most it's just a disgusting it's a disgusting photo um and that's like what he's that's just what he's posting it just it's just like when, when you know just people who i know who have seen that photo that he posted you know, or also just share with them, like, why would he do that? Like, it just, it's like a repulse, it's repulsive. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, and it's sad that he would be using his voice and platform for such hate. But Brett, one of the tactics of authoritarians, if you study authoritarians is to basically wear you down. Like authoritarians, they don't have friends, right? They, they don't really have anybody to really talk to. And so all they care about is kind of power and control and you being worn down so that they could just get more and more power. And so what they do is they just keep coming back. They keep coming back. And look, study Hitler, study Mussolini. You get rid of them. They keep coming back, back, back until the population is just worn out, you know, and they're gaslit and they're tired. So finally, someone's just like, fine, just 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 take it over. Just do it. I'm done. I'm fine. And then they and then they go further and then they go further and then they go a step further. That is the authoritarian playbook. And speaking of authoritarian playbook, one of those tactics is to completely destroy one of the most sacred things in our democracy, elections. We've always had free and fair elections in the United States. We've prided ourselves that we have peaceful transitions of power. Until for the first time in the history of the United States of America, Donald Trump tried to stop the peaceful transition of power. That's why we have a January 6th committee. And it's shocking that you still have a political party. If they don't care about that, they don't care about anything. There is no threshold. There is no more low when they're okay 
with insurrectionists attacking the Capitol building, trying to kill police officers, um, taking their own feces and smearing it on the walls. And then they call those people political prisoners. So if that's where Republicans are now, that's what MAGA Republicans are, there is no low to what these people will do because they applaud that conduct. For them, that was a heroic day. And they want to use January 6th as kind of a rallying call for future insurrections, for the next big thing that they are planning. Fortunately, fortunately, in the midterms, the country repudiated that. But they're going to keep on coming back like authoritarian whack-a-mole until we really unite and come together and put an end to it. And just speaking about the authoritarian playbook and following that election denialism, you have Carrie Lake. You know, her whole platform to run for the governor of Arizona as the MAGA extremist Republican candidate, her only platform that she talked about was really two things. One, that she wanted to overturn the results of the 2020 election. That's what she was running for in 2022. And then the other thing that she ran on, you can't make this up, that Donald Trump has BDE, that she says that's big dick energy. And she's, she speaks to this at a crowd that he's got the biggest dick energy. One, he has the smallest dick energy in the world. But two, that's the governor? That's the person who wants to be the governor? Are you kidding me? That's a, that's someone who wants that position? We're not talking about citizens of Arizona. How could we help you with healthcare and education and and deal with, you know, drought and deal with the water crisis even as as Republicans are selling the water here in Arizona to the Saudis and how do we deal with making sure that insulin prices are cheap? None of that. None of that. The whole conversation is we need to overturn the results of the election. So she was hanging out after losing to uh, Katie Hobbs. She went to Mar-a-Lago and took photos. The episode uh-huh. goes full circle. What's better than one loser hanging out? She, Two losers yeah, hanging photos out. Photos with her and Alina Haba like partying at Mar-a-Lago, like the biggest loser party of them all. And then after returning from Mar-a-Lago, um, she comes back and following Trump's playbook, today she issued this statement saying her election was rigged. She's assembling the evidence. Her legal team is going to attempt to overturn the outcome of the election and just more of the same. Play a little bit of the clip until I get a we little get bit annoyed. Of <laughs> to remedy this assault on our democracy. All right. This- all right. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Enough, enough, enough. Okay. So, and, but what what we're seeing now though, which is, um, you know, I guess a little different from the past as well is is are are a couple things. First, the the scary thing that we are seeing is that there are counties in Arizona who are listening to efforts by Carrie Lake and Steve Bannon and Donald Trump and and are refusing to certify the results of the election. They're flat out saying, we're not certifying it. Nope. Nope. We don't accept it. Our person didn't win. We're not accepting it. You know, it's going to get challenged in the court. Mark Elias is already on it. They're going to lose as they've lost all this time. But it shows you why it's so important that we won and and why we defeated all these other election deniers at a state level, because that's what they would have pulled. They would have done the same thing at a state level. It would have been so dangerous if we had a MAGA Republican secretary of state, if we had a MAGA Republican governor. 
really dangerous stuff that's going on there. And we can't just like look at it and look away. Like we need to be aware that this is their tactic and this is what they're doing. At the same time, you know, we're in a different scenario because Carrie Lake, of course, doesn't have any power. She has, she has zero power whatsoever. She was never governor. She doesn't hold elective office. It's not like she was president. She's just a loser who's going to keep losing. And so I think ultimately all we have to do right now is let the things play out in the court. Let, let the intelligent people like Mark Elias, election attorney, let them handle the issue, call out the extremism, and we should just laugh at these people. Just laugh at them and mock them and shame them because they are so, they're just the biggest losers on the planet. They're the, like, big, they're the biggest losers and they're the biggest whiners. You know what's a perfect juxtaposition of, of, of this specifically? If we look at Colorado, for example, who's the Adam Frisch running against Bobert, and you know, he narrowly lost. That thing could have gone to a, a recount. But you know what Adam did? He said, hey, for the betterment of, of this district, you know, I'm going to concede. Yeah, if we do go to a recount, maybe there will be some votes here that turn over there and left or right. But I don't want to put our constituents through that. I want to put the best foot forward so we could start to govern and start to lead again. And so what do we see from the MAGA Republican when they have the opportunity to do the right thing? They do the exact wrong thing. And Jordy, with that play. example, too, that you just gave, you're, it's a perfect example because uh, with Fred. It's on a roll. It's going to keep going. Oh, no, no keep, keep going, going. Keep going. Keep no, going. It's, oh, yeah, it's over. It's over for me now. But you, you keep going. You, you got this. No, no, you're on a roll. You used no, the word, I, I you used the word juxtaposition. And I was, Brett and I, I were flying. like, oh, oh. I was flying. It's gone now. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, normally a recount would take place in a situation where, you know, you have the difference of, of you know, a few dozen votes, a few hundred votes, right? Like Trump lost by like 8 million votes, <laughs> you know? Like Kerry yeah. Lake lost by tens and thousands of votes, like not within any recount margin. And what election lawyers, you remember Bush versus Gore, like what the fights would always be about is really at the, this is what election lawyers talk about. It's really at the margins, right? Where you're talking about a hanging chad or this signature versus that signature of like a dozen or so ballots that may decide the outcome. That's like what election lawyers focus on. This whole concept of the entire election is rigged. And the new one that Carrie Lake was saying is she was saying that the voters of Arizona, their vote was suppressed. The lines were so long. It's like, those are your Republican policies. The Democrats are the ones who have tried to, across the country, make the day of voting easier. But you are the ones making it more difficult to vote by mail, making it more difficult to vote in person. Like, we could figure this out if we all just came together. And now she goes, voter suppression, voter suppression. Yeah, those, yeah, are, yeah. those are your policies. Yeah, look at the long lines. Yeah, we're trying to solve the long lines. That's everything we've been. That's we, we've been complaining about the long lines. Don't be mad now that your people decided not to show up until after election day or whatever. Like, like you had an opportunity. You could have. Republicans go like this. Republicans are like long lines. No one over. <laughs> if you're under 21, you can't vote. That's yeah. a, that's how they that's how they register this. Yeah, here's but, a you know, here's a juxtaposition for you, Jordy. How about the juxtaposition? Let's hear it. <laughs> the, juxtaposition, the juxtaposition between everything we've talked about in this episode so far and all of the right wing MAGA extremist like nonsense and Biden. Like mm -hmm. Biden's birthday was over this weekend too. Um, I saw First Lady Jill Biden posting these incredible photos family together, like 
it's the greatest first dance I've ever had with you and you're still the best dancer. <laughs> like the like the nicest, normal most stuff. normal, like loving stuff. And that's the stuff that triggers Baga, seeing that. Like there was one photo of like them eating mashed potatoes or something. And if you look at the comments from All Right With Manga, they're like, who's going to help him eat it? You're going to feed it to him? It's like, really? That's what makes you, like that's what's triggering you? Like how weird possibly be but um biden this is why i don't trust any of those biden approval polls because one they were done by the same people who <laughs> who were, were the experts supposedly the experts who thought this red wave was come who knew the red wave the same people who got it so wrong they do these biden approval ratings and then the other thing is the guy's just a genuine dude like he's just a, a nice family man we talked about you know with this son who Who's suffering through addiction we we talked about how he engages with, with his wife of many years i mean he is just such an honest and earnest human that at any level you just have respect for the guy so it's a real contrast to the empathy deficit that we see on the other side which is a kind way of putting it and as you have carrie lake and you know i'll touch on herschel walker you know very quickly because i, I want to get into the biden stuff but basically have herschel walker on the campaign trail also like in, in a time when maga extremism was just completely repudiated by the entire country for the most part, you have Herschel Walker in Georgia in a, in a state that has been going blue. You have Herschel Walker playing to the Fox News MAGA base rather than actually trying to bring more people in the tent. Um, you have him spreading deranged and disgusting conspiracy theories about Raphael Warnock. There was a gross, disgusting clip where Herschel Walker said, just falsely claimed that Warnock engaged in sexual abuse at, at, when he was like a counselor at a youth camp. Just like sick, sick, ben, sick can, can he get sued? Can he get sued for that? Yeah, I think he can get I, I mean, it seems like a pretty straight defamation claim to me. I mean, it's it's an appalling thing to say. You had a speaker at his rally say, we've got to turn away from abortion the same way we've turned away from slavery because they're both as evil as each other, comparing getting abortion to slavery. But from the guy who... Guy who paid for multiple abortions, which wouldn't be a bad thing if he wasn't against everyone else doing it. Uh, you have this hypocrisy, and then you have people like Raphael Warnock who are actually trying to court reasonable pro-democracy voters who have Obama coming out on the campaign trail there who are talking about in their speeches, not all of that nonsense, but you have Warnock giving a message about decency and about truth and about voting rights and about women's rights and about increasing the minimum wage. Like the contrast could not be more clear. And then you have Biden out there who is just a beacon of normalcy in the midst of all this hate. And <laughs> while you all this craziness from the Carrie Lakes and from the Herschel Walkers and the Donald Trumps and the Steve Bannons and the Elon Musks. You have Biden out there who, like I said before, like sometimes you just got to laugh at these people. You just got to mock these people. And today they did a turkey pardoning uh, ceremony, which is a, a silly, very silly ceremony that the White House does. Uh, but I'll accept their weird traditions uh, for the sake of tradition. But you have the turkey pardoning ceremony and you got Biden cracking jokes about these MAGA election deniers while he's pardoning the turkey. I thought this was a, a funny moment. We'll play it for you now. First of all, the votes are in. They've been counted and verified. There's no ballot stuffing. There's no foul play. The only red wave this season is going to be a German Shepherd commander knocks over the cranberry sauce on our table. That will cause... They are big turkeys, aren't they? My fellow Americans, please welcome the 2022 National Thanksgiving turkeys, chocolate and chip. 
like what? <laughs> what a contrast. Jordy, you catch the uh, the puns that was going on, that were going on there? You, you catch that? Chocolate and chip. Totally caught that. Oh one. boy. Yes, I no. caught it with 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 all the different names. Yes, excellent. Crushed it. But this is what I'm saying. This is why you know if there were positive approval ratings, like I'm talking like sixty percent, right? And who knows what the real numbers are now? Networks they, they wouldn't want to report on it because it's a better story for them for them to say Biden's approval rating is tanking. Can I give my can I give my true. short take on the he's, approval ratings? I don't give a shit just, about them. I truthfully don't he, care about them. Because, 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 because you see how the American people are voting, you see what people are doing and you see what people care about, right? Like, like the yeah. numbers just don't, like you said, Jordy, like, and it's such a brilliant point that you're making. Like, like the numbers don't make sense on their own. You have to look at the data and what's actually out there. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's just, it's absurd. Jordy juxtaposing, juxtaposing things like left and right today. Juxtap JJ juxtaposing. Jordy, what, what, what were the name of the turkeys? Like chocolate and vanilla. Or chocolate something? and chip. Chocolate and chip. Do you think? Do you think Trump was like? I wonder if I change my name to chocolate and chip. Does the pardon count for me? <laughs> People have been saying your impressions specifically, Brett, have been improving like show over show. Keep it Alina Haba searching Google. Can I change my client's name to chocolate and chip and sneak one past the DOJ here? I like it, Brett. Let's talk about some other statements that Biden's been putting out amidst this kind of sea of MAGA chaos. Biden's talking about jobs, 10 million jobs. We've added jobs every single month of my presidency, 10 million jobs total. And by partnering with labor and business leaders across the country, we're building a world-class workforce ready to compete and fill those jobs. That was one of these statements that Biden put out. Also, Biden talking about more people starting small businesses than ever before. Thanks in part to my administration's economic plan, there were 5.4 million new small business applications last year. That's more Americans applying to start new small businesses than ever before. How about Biden on insulin and the Inflation Reduction Act? In six short weeks, Americans will start to feel the effects of the Inflation Reduction Act, like capping insulin at $35 a month and getting folks on Medicare Part D recommended vaccines for free. How about Biden's statements on Transgender Day of Remembrance? My administration remains deeply committed to strengthening the rights of the LGBTQI plus Americans, including transgender Americans. On Transgender Day of Remembrance, let us resolve to continue building a country where every American can live free from the fear of discrimination. And Biden urges Congress to quickly pass the Respect for Marriage Act, which is already passed in the Senate. And uh, it says the Respect for Marriage Act will ensure that LGBTQ plus and interracial couples are respected and protected equally under federal law. I urge Congress to quickly send the bill to my desk where I will promptly sign it into law. Law is not full codification of Obergefell, but protects LGBTQ plus and interracial marriage under federal law for those wondering, but it's still an important step in the right direction. But another powerful statement from uh, Biden there as well. And I'll just say that the bill was advanced to, through the Senate to the next process. I'm not sure if it's uh, f fully passed just yet. We talk about those issues like that's like respect, dignity of human beings, reducing inflation reducing the costs of insulin, 
right? Getting folks on Medicare Part D vaccines that they need for free and helping small business owners and increasing jobs. I, I just, I, 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 where are Republicans talking about this anymore? That's why lots of people who once considered themselves to be Republicans are leaving this MAGA gaslighting, hate-filled, weird echo chamber, and we're forming this pro-democracy coalition. And look, I don't agree with Democrats on every issue. In fact, I disagree with them on quite quite a few issues. But ultimately, I know that they are adults in the room addressing those issues and trying to make difficult decisions to ultimately help the people. Like they're actually trying to pass legislation that will help people and, and Americans and, and solve problems. Problems will arise. If problems didn't arise, we wouldn't need governments. <laughs> problems are going to happen. And so I like a government and I like a political party that looks at the problems and says, this is a serious problem. Let me try to confront it with serious solutions. And then we may go, hey, well, that solution doesn't really address it. Or wait a minute, you're going too far too quick with that solution. Or no, we got to implement this solution right now. What are you doing? Why are you delaying this solution? Or I don't think that's the right solution. Maybe the right solution is that. But those are the conversations that we should be having. We should not be in a situation where there's one political party talking about the issues, the true issues, and then another political party, thats, that's a, it's hard to even call them a political party, They're these Republicans who are talking about cat turds and who are talking about, you know, uh, green M&Ms and are taking photographs with Kyle Rittenhouse and talking about Hunter Biden's laptop and things that Americans are not impacted by. They, you, these things are cr- used to create division at a time mm-hmm. where we need to bring people together. And that's our mantra here at the Midas Touch Network. It's bringing people together. And that's one of the things I want you to take away from these podcasts that we do, the content we produce, and the community that you have built, that we are so humbled to be a part of. That's called the Midas Mighty. One of the things I love about this network that we built is it's not just a network. We compete with the big networks out there. We compete with the both sides media that's funded by billionaires and millionaires. And frankly, our voices are louder than theirs in many cases. And the pro-fascist media that's out there. We are winning the information battle because of you who are watching this. Because of the Midas Mighty community, this isn't some astroturf thing. You are ultimately the messengers of these lessons and of this of these conversations that we have here. You know, and that's why I would just say, if you can, no matter where you are in the world, check us out at our Patreon account. Go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. That's P-A-T. R-E-O-N dot com slash Midas Touch and consider becoming a patron today. There's lots of exclusive content that you can only get on Patreon. Don't worry, we'll still have all the YouTube content. All our podcasts here will be for free, but there's extra podcasts 
on Patreon and behind the scenes footage and Q and A's. And you could even become an honorary producer on one of the tiers of the Midas Touch podcast where your name appears at the end of the podcast. There's exclusive merch drops and so much more. There's postcards from us. There's so much great content over there. But most importantly, you'll help grow this independent media platform and allow us to continue to compete and beat the other big media out there when we are 100% accountable to you. So go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas touch. And also may want to check out our store for the best unapologetically pro-democracy gear out there. Go to store.midastouch.com. We've got the I Read Band Books sweatshirt that Jordy is currently wearing. Now, I love that 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 sweatshirt looks it's, great. It's comfy too. I'm, I'm going to sleep in this well, tonight. All of our stuff, Jordy, is 100% made in the United States and 100% union made. We still got the Rovember shirts, the Row, Row, Row Your Vote shirts, the Convict 45, also known as Convict 45 Ooh. shirts, Person, Woman, Man, Camera uh, shirts. We've got the Make Attorneys Get Attorneys hat <laughs> um, and much more at store.midastouch.com. Um, that's all I got for you today. I mean, we, we covered a lot. A lot of great, I just want to say this. I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to all of you. This is Thanksgiving week, and I am so thankful for each and every one of you. And I know that there's a lot of gaslighting taking place. I know there's a lot of negativity out there, but I want you to know that you are loved, that you are respected, that you are making a difference. And don't ever let them get you down. And let's just keep fighting together for our democracy. Brett? I also want to say, if you have not listened to our new true crime series, American oh, yes. Psyop, you are missing out. And I encourage so you good. right now, right right when you get off this, go search your favorite podcast app for American Psyop. That's P-S-Y-O-P. It is a true crime thriller. Good Guys, point. it is so good. We have episodes one really and good. two out right now. I cannot even tell you. Like the first episode, I got to the end of episode one, and I was like, I called Jordy, I think, right away. I was like, dude, yeah. dude, no way. Episode two, <laughs> I was like, no shit. And, and like, episode, are we really producing this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and episode three, um, which, of course, I've heard already, but it's a uh, coming out tomorrow morning. Um, so check out episode three. It, it like opens up the story in a whole new way. So it, it's about the amazing, just absolutely inexplicable life of Wes Clark Jr. You may know his name. He's the son of the NATO general and presidential candidate, Wesley Clark, who left the military for Hollywood and found himself subject to these foreign intelligence operations. He found himself surrounded by a religious cult. He totally lost his grasp on reality and descended into this world of conspiracies and dirty politics and mercenary organizations and threats to American democracy. And it is, it's so relevant for what we're experiencing right now, especially when you look to like, you know, the kind of Michael Flynn kind of ops that you see out there, the stuff going on with Steve Bannon. Even when you look at the Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell stuff, that's all intertwined in this. It is really one of the most riveting things. And I know I produce it, and so I'm biased here. <laughs> but yo, it's it's 
American PSYOP, do yourself a favor. Go add it, it to your podcast apps it. right now. Do it's it. that it's that good, people. Do and it. let us know in the comments when you listen to it because I love seeing everybody's comments about it. Let us know when you listen to it. I promise you, you have my word. Your mind is you're going to finish that episode one and you're going to go, holy shit, they were right. I promise you that. Jordy, you want to take us out? So, so t- Jordy, tell them to subscribe to our channel before you do it then. Hey, Ben brings up a really good point. Please subscribe to the My Stutch YouTube channel, like right now. It's so easy. You don't you don't have to do a thing other than move your mouse just a little bit and then hit subscribe. And the podcast. It's right there, right on, right, right there. Oh, also, also Ben also brings up a really good point too. You should also subscribe to the Midas Touch audio podcast because what really helps is if you watch this here tonight with us and then listen to the audio tomorrow just to make sure you didn't miss anything. But listen to it all the way through because that really, really helps up. And five star. If you're an audio listener. If you're an audio listener, make sure you leave that five-star review. Super important. Super important to just like leave a comment. Hey, I really love when Jordy went on that rant that Ben interrupted, but still five stars, even though Ben interrupted it. Or hey, I really like that <laughs> moment when Jordan said X, Y, Z, even though Brett then interrupted him. Still five stars, but Brett interrupted. Like leave those comments so I could see them, read them, make fun of the brothers, and love you guys so much. Thank you so much. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right, gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.